Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys uh, letting me come and experiment on you. So, uh, yeah, basically, I know you guys have already been talked to a couple of times. And so for me, this is kind of a privilege. Actually, believe it or not, feel a little bit nervous. I talk to people every day. I'm a dentist in town, and usually I'm the one that uh, people are looking to as the expert. But I'm coming to you guys today, and honestly, I want to tell you this maybe from a little bit of a more humble position because even as a grown-up, a guy that's been a Christian my whole life, I can tell you guys that God's still changing my heart. And so I'll start from that. And if you guys will, bow with me. Let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Lord, I just ask that as we get to talk about uh, what you're teaching us in life, Lord, just that um, the things that come from your word and Lord, this, the gifts that you've given us, that they would be things that help impact other people. Uh, Lord, I just want to ask you for just some calming of nerves for me and Lord, just that uh, the words that come out would be ones that are honoring to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so I'm going to use notes, otherwise I'll get lost and we will not make it in 15 minutes. So we'll start off with, uh, today I want to talk to you guys a little bit about something uh, that's been on my heart the last probably month and a half. So I'm going through a book with a buddy at uh, the office, and uh, I'm finding that God's challenging me again about wealth and what that means and what that should look like. So if I were to ask you guys a question and say, when you hear the word wealth, what do you usually think of first? Cha-ching, cha-ching, right? Okay, so... Maybe it's money. Typically, that's probably pretty average. Um, I want to kind of challenge our thought on what wealth is. So today, for the purposes of this talk, wealth is not just going to be money. Okay? So I want you guys to think of wealth as anything that God has given you. Okay? Anything that God's given you is wealth. And some people are more wealthy than others. Some people are smarter than others. Some people are more talented in sports than others. Some people have a little bit more faith than others, right? So whatever God's given you, that's wealth that we're going to be talking about today. So I'll kind of challenge that idea that wealth is something that God's given us to bring him glory, right? Now what that is for each individual person may look different, right? So we're going to start there just as kind of defining our definition of wealth. So as we kind of talk about it, uh, the Bible, you'll know if you guys, uh, I'll go through a quick rundown of a lot of the ways the Bible talks about wealth. But, uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about is that, you know, if you get to the end of your life and you've ever heard anybody talk about things that they wished on their deathbed, right? They're Rarely, if ever, is anyone who's ever said, I wish I had more money, or I wish I had more something. So there's other things in life that we're talking about that are wealth that could be even considered more important wealth than actual income or finances or net worth or things like that, okay? Um, like, do you know anybody who wouldn't trade money for an extra day of life? or somebody who wouldn't trade money for an extra day of being healthy, or things like, we do that all the time, right? We pay doctors to get us well. 
pay dentists to fix our teeth, right? That's what we do. So, uh, so just kind of keep those kinds of things in mind. There's a lot of other things that are well that really probably are more important. And honestly, some of the things that we could consider wealth came to us and they didn't cost us anything. Okay? So we'll kind of keep moving on. Well, I want to kind of go through a quick biblical overview. And you guys are, I'm sure, probably know some of these stories even better than me. Uh, but I'm going to kind of quick go through, you know, if we look through the Bible and quick overview of Old Testament, how God wanted us to maybe look at money and wealth. You know, if we look at the story of Cain and Abel, you know that story, where Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. At least that's what Hebrews 11.4 tells us about his sacrifice, right? He offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Remember that story? And then, you know, somebody gets mad and so on and so forth. But their gifts weren't judged based on how much they gave. They were based on the faith with which they gave the gift. Okay? That's why Abel's gift was more acceptable. And in Genesis 14, Abraham had gone off to war. He had defeated, I forgot the name of the guy. But anyways, he comes back victorious from war with all these spoils. And he has vowed not to give, not, not to keep any of it. He meets a guy, this priest, right? Melchizedek, the priest of the Lord. And he decides, I'm going to give 10% of this to this priest of the Lord. Um, the rest of it. Remember, he gave to the rest of the people who went and fought with him. Okay, he didn't even keep anything. Um, with that, and that, believe it or not, is one of the ways where a lot of times we start getting this idea of if you guys have heard the word tithe, that's a lot of where we start getting this idea in the Old Testament of this word tithe. Um, interestingly enough, most of the time when we talk about tithing at church, we think of so think of that as a specific percentage. Anybody heard that before? What do you guys have heard before in church? About a number. 10%. So from a time you were a little kid, your parents were like, hey, look, I just gave you a dollar for your allowance. You need to give God 10 cents, right? At least that's what my parents told me. <laughs> and so... So on and so forth, like in church, like that's, that's a big idea. But I want to challenge even that idea of a tithe. Because if you look at Mosaic Law, there was actually three different kinds of tithes that started happening. Literally in Mosaic Law, there was the Levite tithe, which was kind of what we think of as when we give to the church that helped the Levites run the temple and have their own jobs and support their families and things like that since they didn't have the same inheritance of land like the rest of the Israelites. But then there is also a festival tithe. Well, the festival tithe, believe it or not, was another 10% of your income. But this was kind of a cool 10% because this 10% was supposed to be set aside so that you could travel and have a party. Wouldn't that be cool if you thought about that? God wanted Israelites to set aside 10% of their income so they could travel and have a party. Granted, that party, that festival, was to bring honor and glory to God, not just to, you know, have a party on the seashore. 
sipping margaritas or whatever, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like whatever that people do these days for parties, right? So, um, but then there was also a charity type. And this would happen every third and sixth year in the seven-year cycle of, like, Israelites have a seven-year cycle that uh, God had commanded them about. and But in the third and the sixth year, they would also give 10% to charity. That charity was then devoted to, supposed to go to widows, helping widows and orphans and those people who are more in need, right? Well, if you add all that up, that actually comes to about 23% of our income. And I always think, man, well, that's a, that's a bigger number, isn't it? And you guys, how many have a job right now? How many are old enough to actually be working and have a job? Yeah, I know a few of you guys. All the adults. <laughs> this idea of tithing is something that, especially when actual money becomes involved, it you will be challenged more and more and more. But for everyone else, keep in mind, when we're talking about these this wealth that God's given us, this could be a wealth of knowledge that you guys are receiving right now. Not by me today, because I'm not the wealth of knowledge, but by these guys that teach you every day. Um, and so, somebody keep me on track on time. I've got about five minutes left, right? Okay. So, um, as we as we work through, like, I just want to challenge you guys' ideas and thoughts of, you know, if we move ourselves through the rest of the Old Testament very quickly, Psalms, you guys have been memorizing Proverbs since you guys were this big at the school. So many Proverbs talk about what to do with money or how to handle it. The prophets in the Old Testament would talk a lot about how we treat poor people or we treat other people and how if Israel would quit doing the evil things that they were doing and turn back to God, then they wouldn't suffer the consequences, basically. But if we move into the New Testament, uh, well, let's just say, so from the Old Testament in general, we can say a couple of things that we can take away is that God really did, even from the beginning, think that our use of our wealth and talents has always been an important part of our relationship to God from Old Testament even to now. And if you think of New Testament, we want to, you know, I always go, like, let's look at what Jesus did in general real quick because that's shorter. But if we think about what Jesus did in the New Testament, he didn't just fulfill the law and the prophets, right? But he also took an opportunity and just about every single subject that Jesus taught on, he kind of raised the bar, didn't he? So he didn't. He said, you know, it, yeah, you're not supposed to commit adultery, but wait a minute. If you look upon a woman with lust, that's the same thing, right? So he's raising the bar typically in most every teaching. I could probably say everyone. <laughs> I could probably say that safely. Um, but I don't think that money was any less or, you know, using our talents was any less. You know, there was parables of the talents, right? There's a guy who was given five and another was given three and the other was given one. And when he, the master comes back, the one who had five had got five more and the one who had three had three more and the one who had one didn't have any. And there were some pretty severe consequences. There were some good rewards for the ones who were faithful and some severe consequences for the one that wasn't, right, guys? And so 
as Jesus is talking to us, he's, he's wanting us to, to let us know that he always took things from this law issue, right? Because I think the Israelites and we probably get real used to kind of trying to think of things in terms of, man, if I can lay out this list, then I'm going to do pretty good. And if I can follow this list, I'm going to do pretty good. But really, what God really wants is our heart, isn't it? And so what God really wants, I mean, he does want our obedience, obviously, but he wants our obedience because it's coming from the heart, not because it's, I want to be the robot that makes it to the end, accomplishing all the rules that the master set, right? Like it's kind of a, he wants us to have a heart, not, that's sensitive to what he's leading us to. Now, I was going to go through and just kind of let you guys know, like, throughout my life, I started out in the, my parents told me to give 10%, and this is the way I did it, because that's just what they told me. And then at some point in my life, when I was about 12 years old, God really got a hold of my heart and started changing my heart to want to do things that honored him, to want to actually seek after him, maybe even read his word. And God started changing my heart a little bit until I got a job and started really dealing with money or income and things like that. I didn't really have a lot of money to give back to God. And so the things that I did give tend to try and give back to God were things like, hey, I want to volunteer with people at the church or you can do things at home that are supporting your own parents, you know, like honoring them and doing the things that uh, at the school that when you have a friend or buddy that may be more struggling with the difficulty they're having with what they're learning in class, man, if I can help out in those ways, these, these are all ways that we can give back to God. I keep thinking of like this idea of tithing not being just something like 10%, but if I've given God 25% of my life, what does that look like? Now, for me, I'll even tell you that at a certain point, Rachel and I decided to do some stuff with money because God has blessed us with quite a bit of it. As a dentist, we actually do pretty well, okay? And if anybody wants to go into dentistry, I would highly advise it. But, <laughs> but Aside from that, but God had blessed us with a lot of money, and so we said, finally, if there was this day that God really challenged me, and I think Rachel can remember, it's probably the second year when we got into being married, I came to her and I said, look, I've been being disobedient because God's told me that I feel like we should be giving a certain amount of money out of faith, and, we're, and I'm not. And for about four years, I've been like delaying obedience which is just what being disobedient and so like okay we're going to do this <clears throat> and at that point that, that was like a huge challenge for me and I I had always been going man God I'm giving you giving you giving you know your 10% right I'm giving you your 10% and I'm going to challenge me to do more and God would challenge me to do more and little by little by little God kept changing my heart at this point God was saying no just trust me do this. Step out of faith. Do, do this. Trust me. Um, I read a scripture that was uh, just talking about. It. it says, if you have, I should probably read it instead of just uh, saying it, but out of Luke 3.11, it says, you know, whoever has two tunics 
is to share with him who has enough. Whoever has food is to do likewise. Kind of an interesting verse. What does it have to do with money? Well, to us it meant that if we buy something, we need to give something of equal value to, to people who don't have it. Well, that was a big challenge. And I'll tell you that that was 10 years ago we started doing that. And God has continued to just bless our family and to a point that even now uh, we look at that and it's not a, not a struggle. And I would tell you guys, this is where about a month ago, a month and a half ago, God started to get a hold of my heart again to the point that he's not just saying, Jonathan, quit asking this question. How much do you want from me? How much should I give? Okay. Because I think a lot of times that's how, that's what we do, right? We have our idea in our life that, hey, this is my life. I'm going to live it. God, how much do you want from me? Should I just go to church one day a week, two days a week? How much do you want? Like, how much should I give? And our mindset is, how much should I give? And I'll tell you guys, God's even changing my heart today to try and be have an attitude more of, God, this is how much you've given me. How much do I need? Because the rest, like everything, everything is really yours from the get-go. But how much do I need for my family? How much do we need? And then, God, I'm going to give the rest back to you. And so I said, as, as I get to the end, I thought, you know, everybody else seemed to give you guys something. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so I'm going to have Rachel go pass some stuff out. I want you guys to know that you got your first million dollars from me. Okay. Everybody excited about that? <laughs> it's not a real million dollars, in case you're wondering. But, but yeah, everybody got their first million dollars from Dr. Eisler, okay? But what I would encourage you guys to do is take this million, did your first million dollars, and give it away. All right? This is my challenge. Don't keep this first million dollars you got, give it away. All right? And if you read that on the back, it's really a trap, okay? You may have seen it before, but it's a trap. It explains the gospel, and each one of us has been blessed with the wealth of the knowledge that Jesus came and died on the cross, took the punishment of our sin and the penalty, and paid the price that we couldn't pay, and doggone it, if we keep that to ourselves, we're definitely not honoring God. So my challenge to you guys is let's uh, let's all give away our first million, okay? <laughs> all right. You want to close or you want me to answer? Go ahead. All right. Um, Lord, I just want to thank you for uh, this opportunity. Hopefully there's uh, some uh, knowledge and wisdom that can be passed on. Um, although I didn't take up too much of your time, I did go over apologize for that to you guys. Pray for the uh, uh, rest of our day and week as we go through uh, finishing up school and getting to go into a weekend where we get to corporately honor you and glorify you with worship and times of prayer with other believers. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to uh, each find an opportunity to be challenged to go and do things with the wealth that you've given us. Um, 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.